June 22nd, 2018. Bubba and I decided to meet at a local pizza place to have kind of a date. In his mind, what I found out later is that he came and knew he wasn't leaving. He just, he knew we were like gonna hit it off and not want to leave each other's side. And he was absolutely right. He just never left my side. Um, I ended up having to end this lease. So I had plans to move in actually with an ex-boyfriend into a house in a whole nother state in town, but it really wasn't that far. So I was still working at the same place, but rent was literally a quarter of the price. So he kind of helped me move in and he just like never left. And I didn't want him to leave. We were good together. Um, we went to high school together. I dated his best friend when I was 15. So we were like in the same little group. Um, we had on and off again, little dates throughout the years, but this time it was, it was on. So here we are, one happy big family, me, my ex-boyfriend, and my new, my new boyfriend. It was definitely an awkward, but we got used to it, adventure. And I knew Bubba was a reco- what I thought was a recovering addict. I didn't know much of his past. He didn't know I was sober. He knew my story. I was still kind of newly sober a couple years in. And um, it didn't take long for me to discover what he was up to. It first started, We were, I, I'll never forget it. We were out front playing with the dogs. And he pulled a cigarette pack out. And there was some kind of like bag of powder in the cellophane outside part. And I was like, wait, wait, wait what is that? And I, like, flipped on, like, what is that? I had no idea. No idea. For I thought it was Coke or I, I really had no clue. And he flushed it in front of me. Washed our hands of that. So I thought, and this was the beginning of being fooled and falling for it. Because all you want is to trust the person you love. No matter what, you want to trust the person You don't want to catch them in the shady shit. You want to trust them. There is no fine line between being able to help somebody. It's so blurry. It's messy. The manipulation, the lies, all that. They're literally feeding you what you want to hear, and you're buying it. You're buying into it. And we continued to do our thing. I was working, he was working, but I didn't like check up on a lot of the stuff and slowly, I slowly started to catch on. I slowly started to catch on. I remember him one night painting my toenails and him nodding out. And I'm like, are you nodding out? And you couldn't deny that. You couldn't. So I had him break it down to me and like he would he would give me bits and pieces. He wouldn't tell me the whole truth. He would tell me little bits of it at a time. 
I guess that's how they get away with some of it. They feel like they are telling you some truth, but not all the truth. So they continue this pattern and they have you fooled so for so long. And so I was a little close-minded to the recovery process because I learned one way and it worked for me. So I thought that was the only way it was going to work. But little did I know. And I'm glad I went through all this because I'm very open to different forms of treatment and recovery. And there's so much more out there. Like, if you can't get it the way I got it, you're not shit out of luck. There are other options. And what works for one person won't work for another. Like, Brian tried certain things and it didn't work. And then finally certain things did work. And Bubba and Brian are two different, two different, completely two different people. And, um, but addiction is how everyone is linked back together and have some of the same tendencies and stuff. Like, I was clueless about the whole needle IV world. I had never known anyone that shot up. I had never seen the only time I ever saw a needle was when I went my senior year of high school on a Greyhound bus to visit my boyfriend at the time to Huntington, West Virginia, and there were needles on the ground, and I was in complete culture shock. So here we go. The first withdrawal. He's ready to white-knuckle it, kick this shit. So here I am, biggest cheerleader, because my family did not give up on me. Every single person had given up on Bubba. His dad had done what he could, but loved ones, they just shut the door when they heard addiction or drugs. They literally said, you're on your own. I had a supportive family. It was enabling at time, but they didn't know they were enabling me. But anyways, back to this. So I had never been with anyone through a withdrawal. Now... The first movie I saw in rehab, which I wasn't supposed to, but the girls didn't know that, was Requiem for a Dream. If y'all haven't seen that, it is a very detailed needle drug withdrawal infection. Oh, my God. That movie. Oh, my God. I don't recommend watching it. But anyways, that is... um, My only experience with withdrawal and all that was watching that movie. So I'm going by with what Bubba tells me, and it's like the worst flu of your life. It's coming out both ends, restless leg, the shivers. You feel like your skin's crawling out of you, the sweats. So I did everything I could. I bought him a fan, Gatorade. Like I literally tried to nurse him through this. We tried everything. They even say Kratom. That didn't work for the withdrawals. So weeks and weeks and weeks of him trying and then going, like, I literally can't. I was literally paying. He couldn't work. I was paying for this, like, just to get him through the freaking day. And um, the things I saw, it just... I, my heart truly, truly, truly breaks for people who are prisoners to any drug that needs a needle. Oh, that's a whole different world. They're in a whole, they are captive. 
they are lifelong prisoners in their mind. There is absolutely no hope in their mind. And there I was, his little glimmer of hope. I wasn't giving up. I wasn't. I wasn't. Weeks and weeks of literally withdrawals and me holding his hand, trips to the emergency room, mini strokes, like so much. And we just, we kept fighting. We kept fighting. He didn't want to go to rehab. He had been to rehab. He had the knowledge. He just wasn't ready to go to treatment. And then we came across the MAT program, which is, uh, how do you explain it? Like a drug that helps you come off the drugs, but it's not, it's prescribed by a doctor. There's Suboxone, Subutex, Methadone. Um, there's even a shot you can get that will last up to four to six months. So here we go. We're at a recovery clinic and he is taking Suboxone. We don't have, or wait, I think it was Subutex, which is like a pill that dissolves under your tongue and you take it every day. It curbs the withdrawals, I guess, and then it keeps you almost level. And then you work with the doctor and you start weaning off of it. And don't take, this is not medical advice or anything, and I don't know much, too much about it except my Google research and what my husband tells me and what the website says. So he is going to this clinic and we don't have insurance and it's about 30 bucks a day. So we're scrounging every day to come up with this $30 on top of gas to get me to my hour away job, life, bills, so on. So things are going good. We're doing good. We're rocking. We're rolling. Life's good. Now, the MAT program is just for the physical symptoms. When recovering from addiction or alcoholism, it's not the physical symptoms. It's what's inside. Bottom line, if you're an addict or an alcoholic, you either have mental illness or there was some child or adult trauma that you just haven't dealt with properly. And there is a way to get through it. And the 12 steps has you break everything down. And a lot of these people go into treatment with not wanting to tell it all, with not wanting to get it all out, with still keeping stuff deep down. So that's why they come out and they relapse. Now, Bubba was doing his MAT program, and as you would most likely call it, you're literally white-knuckling it. You are just fighting through the day just to not pick up, not pick up the drug or the bottle or whatever, your drug of choices. And... He started, I didn't know this at the time because I was clueless. Like a lot of the people who love addicts, they fall for it. And you don't want to assume the worst. So you do want to believe them. So obviously he wasn't ready because I started catching on to things. And little did I know he was hoarding this medication and not taking it, but going to the clinic every day 
but deciding not to take it because it is a blocker too as well if you take this like if you were to take the pill and then go try to do heroin or a pain pill it will it'll be a waste it wouldn't work so or it will make you sick I'm not 100% sure so I found the hoarded stuff because I'm gonna tell you right now this is with everything in life always always trust your gut follow your gut that is probably the best advice I can give you if you feel like something's sketchy check it out don't make a big deal of it but check it out but that was like the beginning of knowing what it feels like to love an addict and I will get more into detail about the next time he sobers up in a little more detail in the next episode because this is kind of long but this is just a little idea of what our beginning of our relationship was like and when I really discovered I love an addict.